Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, let's see what a heart at. I believe it. Check your heart. For the next two hours, get ready as we cover the NFL like no one else. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. We're between the white lines. This is football. This is football. Welcome to the big leagues. Welcome to the big leagues. A complete look around the NFL and especially our Falcons. This is the Wade Ford Tailgate Show. On the home for our Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Live from outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium on a Hoover overcast Sunday morning. Atlanta Falcons, and welcome to the Wait For Tailgate Show. John Fricky alongside former Falcon Harper LaBelle and our Falcons insider and reporter Joe Patrick. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to a football Sunday. Uh, it feels like a football Sunday. Going to be a fun day today with two uh, 1-0 teams squaring off, Joe. The 1-0 Atlanta Falcons. Are the, I think the first time we can say that since 2017, so that's obviously good news. That's what the team was talking about after coming out of the last game, although there's Obviously, some things coming out of the last game where the team needs to improve. Arthur Smith, Desmond Ritter, the team all week was was echoing those sentiments. But, I mean, clearly, I think that the fact that they got started on the right foot was a great a great way to start the season for this team. We are broadcasting live at the Wade Ford position. We're on Northside Drive, kind of catty corner from Mercedes-Benz Stadium across the street from the swanky new Hilton that's going up here. Uh, do drop on by and say hi. The Wade Ford Tailgate Show is brought to you by Wade Ford. Wade Ford is Atlanta's Ford dealer. Harper LaBelle. I look swanky? at this. Is it swanky? I think swanky? this this swanky? hotel is yeah. supposedly like ooey, ooh la la la, ooh la la. Yeah, something like that. They have a mixologist. In other words, it's it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so only Harper could avoid it. You know, you and I, Joe, we're not they're not, not even us. Close. Um, so one of the goals this season for for the, this team was to, as Joe pointed out, to you know get about five hundred, all that kind of stuff, Harper. But to make Mercedes Benz Stadium a real home field advantage, did the Falcons start to do that last week? I think they did. There, with with as few people, and Joe, just a minute ago, I said, how many people were there? I think they announced it was in the upper 60s. Mm-hmm. Yep. There weren't 60,000 people there, I guarantee you that. There were a lot of empty seats, especially at kickoff. So late arriving crowds, whatever. But they got into it now. There were a couple of situations that fourth down early in the ball game, and watching Bijan 
touch the ball the first oh. couple times, and that touchdown that he got, everybody would, hey, this is awesome, <laughs> and they made some noise. They were waving flags, which I personally don't like because you're not clapping if you're waving a flag. Mm. So there's not as much noise when you do that, although it is pretty intimidating when you see all, all the uh, activity that's going on and, and, and everybody doing different things. It's going to get better now, I promise you. We go 2-0. and uh, Now we got to go on the road, but... Uh, uh, the, the better the success that you have, especially at home, I think this Atlanta community for years has been waiting for something to cheer about. You had that one and done with the Super Bowl a few years ago, but I, I really do think it's going to build, but you've got to have a home field advantage. And the, the team now is in position where they weren't just a couple of years ago because of the cap to where they can make that happen. You know, Joe, you, you talked about checking a lot of boxes last week. We talked about those boxes. Those boxes were checked. But even though you check the boxes, there still seems to be quite a bit to prove, you know, to not only to the fan base or to the rest of the NFL, but to themselves. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And I would say not even when we talk about themselves, it's not even the players to themselves. I think the coaching staff as well, how do they call plays for this team that they've assembled? This is a very new team with a new quarterback that I think it's it's easy to forget because Desmond Ritter has been such a talking point even going back to last year that this was his fifth career start last week. So he's very much kind of still in that learning phase, especially learning how to really control the team, control, you know, on the field tactically, um, their mentality, the composure, all of that. So I think there's just a lot of different aspects that this team is going to have to grow t- into together over the course of the season. But, you know, the NFL season, it's it's always an evolution for every team. That you hope to get better as the season goes along, and it's not how you start. It's not the best team in week one is the best team in the NFL. That's not the champion. The champion is decided 20 weeks from now. So that's what the Falcons want to continue to build towards. And they've got a young team that I would expect are, will be able to do uh, some semblance of that. It is a Falcons football Sunday live on Sports Radio 92.9. The game from the Wade Ford tailgate today as uh, some of the tailgates are going up. we got a little Whataburger action over there. How about that? Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, so, to... Someone over there uh, with the Packers tent. Uh, I'm sure there's some brats. Ah, I that just are spotted the Packers there. tent. Yeah, yeah. You see that? <laughs> Saw some Packers fans here last night. I was at, here covering the Atlanta United game, and uh, I told them they were they were quite early for the game, but they were happy to be <laughs> be out around. But no, certainly you know the Packers is just one of those organizations that is going to bring fans, and, and these were traveling fans. These were these were guys from wisconsin so um you know huge hugely dedicated fan base i'm sure they're going to represent themselves well today the uh, way for tailgate show is brought to you by ticketmaster ticketmaster is the official ticket marketplace of the falcons and the nfl It'll be interesting to see what kind of tickets you could get today on ticketmaster for this game because uh, harper labelle it will be a cheesehead invasion we know that now you know the history of these two in atlanta you to go back to some of the highlights for the falcons including that nfc championship game where they ran uh, aaron Rodgers out the building at the georgia dome uh, en route to the super bowl and of course other you know events today also red helmets for the atlanta falcons harper How about that yeah i love the red helmets okay so my trivia question to you there's no wrong answer but who do you think guys will have the more jersey being worn by Packer fans. Will it be Brett? Will it be Reggie? Will it be Aaron Rodgers? Who is the guy that you think that you'll see, would see more jerseys from wearing either a white or a green color? For as, my, for as long as Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback there, you still see four. You still see five yeah. jerseys. Yeah, you do. You do. That's a good question. I mean, I, I'm actually going to go more recent just just with fans kind of being into the current team. So I would say, I'll, I'll say Aaron Jones, uh, although I know that if, if you're taking the Packers 
fan base as a whole with their wearing it at home, you know, for their their hot plates and everything like that. Uh, you know, they might have some more throwback stuff. But in the stadium today, I'll probably say Aaron Jones. Yeah, you'll be surprised how many Reggie White '92 jerseys. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, well, all of them. I mean, I mean, it's a what an historic franchise we're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it, many players. Joe, have you from. ever been to Lambeau? No, I haven't. I would Obviously, love to Harper go. Harper played there. I've been there. It is such a special place. And, you know, right in this little community, they've built a nice little thing called Titletown now, and it just has this reverent feeling. I mean, it's an old stadium, but it's an old stadium in a cool way. I, I love Lambeau Field. It, it, it's old, yes, but it's also brand new. They've closed it up and yep. added some things and really tried to bring it into the 21st century, but it really is a bucket list thing for most NFL fans say at one point or another, I need to get to a game at Lambeau. Yeah, there's there's no other stadium in the NFL that's better, in my opinion. I've, I've been to most of them. I've probably been to 20, 25 NFL stadiums, but, man, Arrowhead and Lambeau. And if you think of the Ice Bowl, list. remember the highlights of the Ice Bowl, you know, and you if you look at any of the crowd shots, Cowboys. 67. Yeah, Cowboys and yeah. Packers. And, and the funny, interesting thing, Joe, you probably don't know this, when they when that game started, it opened with a kickoff and a whistle. The, whi- the referee blows <laughs> the whistle, and he pulled half of his lip off because the whistle oh, was so no. cold that his – you know, you, yeah, the, the, uh, what's the movie where you stick your tongue up uh, the yeah, pole Christmas when it's so cold? The Christmas yeah, yeah. Story. So that was that was a whistleless game. The one referee was bleeding so badly that the other referee said, "No way, we're going to do this." We'll <laughs> yeah, as a just, warning. We'll just, Somebody came up with the idea of plastic whistles, and they said, "Oh, okay, that didn't that make guy. it much better." But they do travel well. They're one of the many teams in the NFL that does. Well, Go ahead, Joe. I, and I got to say, you know, speaking about the crowd noise, at least here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where the game will be played today, um, I, it was loud at times last week. I mean, we saw, I think, for the first time, maybe since this this stadium has been open, the crowd noise really affected. The Panthers last week with them, some delay of game, some false starts, especially late in that game, and not some artificial sus- noise, not artificial noise. It was that this sustained, you know, brain shaking in your in your in your head kind of noise uh, when when the teams you know getting ready to pass rush on third down. So hopefully those fans can bring something similar today to affect Jordan Love because he's got a really big responsibility today with some of the players that this team is going to be missing. I think that the Packer fans will irritate the Falcon fans and vice versa, where they'll. They'll create their own energy and sure, not need sure. to be prompted to make some noise, if, especially if it's a close game. It'll be awesome. It'll be uh – I'm sure I'm going to start smelling brats from over there, right? Is that what's going to happen here? Pretty much, you'll get <laughs> yeah. a brat, not a hot dog, yeah. and then maybe yeah. some uh, some something heavy beef, yeah. <laughs> heavy heavy thick beef. Beer, Just, cheese. I can see the condiment table <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah. yeah, right. I'd go over there and say hi, but nah. but the, the, the stadium story <laughs> I was going to say. If you look at any of those NFL films, you will recognize uh, a stadium that you don't recognize. It's Lambo, but it almost looks like a really really nice high school or a college stadium compared to what it looks like right now it, it's it's amazing what uh, type of evolution instead of tearing it down that's what i'm saying yeah, they, yeah. they've built up and made it bigger and better and and more productive in in the way that they they feel is best but it's still a small 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 community Waveboard Tailgate Show live outside mercedes-benz stadium on this falcons football sunday on your home of the falcons sports radio 90 time the game Looking, backing up, now going to throw, and it's intercepted by Jesse Bates. The great Wes Durham as we get Wes and Dave on the call today here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And welcome back to the 
Wait for Tailgate Show live outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium on a very football weather-like Sunday. Of course, it's going to be high and dry inside the uh, the big uh, the big. That's not a dome, but the big stadium. But <laughs> say the big. What dome is that here. shape? That it yeah. is. I have no. There is no description for that shape. When you're coming down north side from the north, I don't know what it's like, you know, any other way. Because yeah, I come in from the north side on north side. You come down north side and you see this thing. If you, yeah. if you had never seen it before, you'd be going, oh, my God. <laughs> what, did you, what did you think the first time you saw it when you drove by? Well, the but very see, first time. Well, here's the, here's the problem. Because we did, you uh, and I did multiple shows Throughout the entire uh, construction. Right. Like from ground break to we had cranes in there, and we did like five shows in there all the way through. So it wasn't the exterior that caught me at first. It was the interior because yes. of, yeah. you know, the whole, you know, the whole. The what cranes we, the, and everything. No, no, no. We're talking about the, the ceiling and the. There's so much space source, yeah. inside, especially when you're coming from the Georgia Dome. You didn't realize how kind of enclosed it almost felt right. in the Georgia Dome, which at the time was supposed to be one of the bigger domes that existed. Well, you saw when how it was small first it was. Right, exactly. When you see it next to it. Yeah, right. When they still existed next to each other. Yeah, it was striking. But yeah, I just quite a venue. With the architect, the architecture that it was going to spill out over into the street. Yeah, there's yeah, no way it's going to border that. and end. I mean, it's right. right there on the curb, and you're thinking there's no way you got to give at least six feet, you know, be, between the curb and and the the actual street. Oh well, my gosh! And, and then today we're going to have tailgaters for wearing uh, you know red and black for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who are going to be tailgating for a team that's one and zero, and for the one of the rare times of Mercedes-Benz Stadium is uh, above 500 yeah. as we get ready for this game against the Packers. Arthur Smith, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons this week, talking about the win over the Carolina Panthers. And while they're you know thankful that they got the win and they played well enough to win the game, they today have to be better. That's what it's about. You know, we we got we to go back to work. we got to improve. You never stay the same in this league. And so, oh, yeah, I mean, you want to be ahead of the count when you're not climbing out of the hole like we put ourselves in the last two years. So that's a positive I said we'll never apologize for winning, and we know we've got a lot of work ahead of us. All right, let's talk a little bit about I want to start with you, Joe, and the passing game because you were there. Desmond Ritter, first half last week, zero net yards passing. Drake London, one target. No yards. Talk to me about improving in the passing game. It was kind of comical when he he had the the touchdown pass to Bijan Robinson, which was you know to call that. I mean, it was a pass, but it was obviously all the work was done there by Bijan. Uh, he had negative yards passing at that time <laughs> that was flashing on the screen when he scored. So yeah, there's there's clearly a lot of work to do, and I think that clearly Desmond Ritter, as the quarterback, has been the, you know under scrutiny for the onus of having to be a lot of that improvement. I do think though that. He was not really done a lot of favors by the way that the game was called by Arthur Smith. I thought that they came out and were maybe a little, maybe you might call it naive, maybe you might call it ambitious, but I thought that they came out trying to show a different side to their game, and they really did not go back to what was the bread and butter for them last year, which was establishing that run first and then using the play-action passing game off of that to then have success down the field. We didn't see this team able to really go downfield hardly at all, except for that one pass to Pitts at the end of the game. Uh, I think the, the stat Well, there for, was a second one that got called back because of the right, hold. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the stat, the final stat for, for uh, Desmond Ritter was 63 air yards. The, the 
ball traveling in the air beyond the line of scrimmage. And, of course, 35 of those were to Pitts on, on that on that play. So they just were not pushing the ball downfield. So I think there's, there's ways that Arthur Smith can help address that. Uh, Harper, we saw them open up the playbook a little bit in the second half. Do you expect that they're going to open up the playbook today or that they'll be forced to open up the playbook? I like to have a lot of fun, John, and I enjoy the job that I have here. But I get serious when it's time to talk about our passing game and how weak it is right now. Um, last week, I, I saw in Chicago when they played the Packers, it was uh, Justin Fields. He threw for 216 yards, which is probably double what he was used to from last year, and they still lost by three touchdowns. So I'm concerned about what our inefficiency in the passing game can mean in terms of you know throughout the whole season but for here today um we're not going to be the packers if we only throw for 115 yards that that's just not going to happen they're they're a good enough team offensively to keep you off of your game and if they keep your starters on the bench offensively um they might run away with this ball game today you know also in that first half to to joe's point harper the offensive line got pushed around Mm -hmm. in the first half and and they started to establish themselves get a cleaner pocket create more lanes in the second half but they that first half was Rocky. Well, when we went back to throw, Brian Burns was in Desmond's yeah. face, and then the, some, or somebody else was, and he was. We had to figure out a way to get him out of our backfield, and we. we I don't know how you you got to you got to worry about it again next week or next uh, later on in the year, but whoever has to worry about it today, you know their their opponent. That guy's a monster, and I know he wanted to get paid, but my goodness, what a. Uh, a wrecking ball he is for them defensively and it, it forced us to to dump the ball off because i can't i don't have time to throw the ball downfield so i i figure yes we'll we'll get some help you'll bring a tight end to chip him we'll do something but when things started to open up was to me was when tyler algier started running up the middle for 10 15 yard yeah. gains one after the other okay now i'm seeing the falcon offense no Go doubt ahead. about it and i and i think something that i'm interested to see in desmond ritter in this game but also just going forward throughout the season is his risk tolerance. We've, we've made a lot about the fact that he has not thrown an interception yet in his career through five games, which I think is something to be applauded, um, and it's certainly something that's going to be conducive for success in the long term, but I think that also you do have to eventually take some risks and, and, and push the ball downfield a little bit because that's going to open up so many more areas of the passing game in general and make your offense just more dangerous and you know maybe in some circumstances risking an interception will be worth it in the long run because it forces the defense to have to adjust and, and take some things into account it is a falcons football sunday on sports radio 92 on the game we're leading you to our coverage of the falcons of the green bay packers at mercedes-benz stadium john fricky alongside harper labelle and joe patrick at the Wade Ford tailgate slot right here on Northside Drive across from the New Hilton caddy corner from the stadium. Do come by and say hello as we get to all the girls fired up. A lot's been talked about about Desmond in the offense. I want to flip this, Harper. What did you see of the defense? Was it Ryan Nielsen's new defense, or was it more just Bryce Young being a rookie quarterback and having you know no, nothing at his disposal? And uh, Did you like what you saw? I mean, we, we saw some good things. We also saw uh, players like Arnold Ebicady only have one tackle. So uh, if you look back to last week and assess the defensive performance of the Atlanta Falcons, what was let's begin with last week. What was your takeaway? Probably the second series, John, I started noticing that guys like Zach Harrison and Taquan Graham were in the game a lot. And I found out later uh, Calais Campbell was going, yeah, we're like a hockey line. 
you know, just when you play hockey, we're gonna we're just gonna rotate guys in and out. The game's gonna keep going on, but we're gonna stay fresh a little bit longer. That's one of the first things. I, hey, these guys are all getting a chance to play. I loved the fact that we started the game with a fourth down situation from the eleven yard line. We got a stop. Then you get a couple of picks. You get turnovers. Defense to me looks resoundingly better than where we were at this time last year. You know, to that point here, as the game progressed last week, Joe. It seemed as though the Falcons got stronger on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and that's something that Arthur Smith said. I was asking him about this and some of the players after the game. There was no sense of panic or anything like that in the locker room. It was, let's go in, let's figure out what's not working, what will work for us, and let's just go out there and execute that in the second half. And that's exactly what they did. They got back to like their bread and butter with what they want to do offensively. But then, yeah, defensively, once the, once the game kind of got in a positive script for them, where they could beat Carolina was more predictable, and, and the Falcons knew it was coming at them. They were better able to get pressure on Bryce Young. He really did not have a lot of clean looks in the second half, where I thought in the first half he did have a lot of just time to kind of sit back there and assess some passes, and he was really just hitting a lot of short stuff over the middle, some crossers and things like that, which Jesse Bates, of course, was able to kind of figure him out and, and capitalize on. But, yeah, I think that you're just seeing a more veteran-savvy defense with this the players that they've acquired in this offseason than what we've seen from this Falcons defense in many years. What did you see, go back to last week, in your assessment, Harper, of, of the Bears game? Was it a case where the Bears are just kind of you know stumbling around, or was it that the Packers really took it to them, or a little bit of both? There's a couple of times where I couldn't really tell because of the face mask and everything. I'm looking at Justin Fields, and I don't know what the expression is on his face, but it's basically this isn't working. All the stuff that yeah. we thought was going to work, and he had this just weird, it wasn't a smile, but it was like, that's not supposed to happen. There's not supposed to be a guy there. And my guy's supposed to make the catch. Or we're not supposed to have an interception, and we're not supposed to be trailing by as much as we are right now. So I think there was a lot of bad things that turned out that accelerated one over the other and avalanched into a, just a, a horrible day at home for your opener. And the crowd booed them near the end of the ball game. They weren't going to boo them, but there was something happened in the third. And then in the fourth quarter, even the home fans are going, come on, man, I can't see this anymore. And, and I think that you know because of the way that that game played out and the way that you described there, Harper, I, I'm, I still don't have a good read on this Green Bay team in general. Are they, are they really a dominant team? Uh, I mean, clearly they, they were able to be dominant against the Bears, but the, are the Bears just maybe the worst team in football? They, they certainly looked like the most discombobulated, kind of you know unsure of themselves team in week one. So I'm interested to see... Well, how these two teams will then match up today. Outside of maybe the, the New York Giants. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course there's that one. Yeah. <laughs> They'll get booed no matter yeah. what. It doesn't week, matter week where Week one are. is just so weird. I, I think that week two offers a lot more clarity because we, we, we actually learned some real answers to what we see out of when you're just going against well, so many unscouted looks. There was a year the Patriots lost to the Bills like 37 to nothing in the opening game. Won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so you, right. you just don't know. I mean. Defensively, if we're going to stay on that for just a moment. Ryan Nielsen has a play that is called. And then everybody understands that's the play that we're going to run on defense. I think what we're going to see today versus what we didn't see last week is the communication and just the head nods where the guy goes, I know exactly, oh, they went into, I know what to do now. We talked about it last week, and we they did it. They ran a play, and we gave up eight yards, and then we talked about it afterwards. Now they're going to see it beforehand. And I think the acceleration of the growth and just the nonverbal communication that players are going to have and understanding with the exception of Troy Anderson being out, there's someone else that's going to step in and, and fill that bill. 
but everybody's going to be on the same page, and they're going to be a lot quicker and even more intimidating, my my estimation, uh, of what Green Bay's offense is going to have to go against you know, today. That's, that's a pretty good point. I mean, we, we, we want to remember that, especially on defense, how many new parts there were mm-hmm. and new coaches and a new scheme. You know, they say in college the biggest jump any team makes is between game one and game two. I guess maybe that's what we're looking forward to today, Joe, in terms of the Atlanta Falcons, that big jump. Okay, now we've actually seen this. Now, okay, we could just go out there and start to play this. Yeah, and I think that when you looked at the way that the team played defense last week, there was, I think it was just a lot of feeling out. And Arthur Smith described it as like kind of a boxing match where you don't want to come out of the gates and start throwing haymakers. You kind of want to feel out your opponent, again, especially the week one when you just don't have scouted looks against these teams, especially with a new coach uh, that Carolina had last week. And then you saw them start to get into things. And I think, Harper, with what you talk about there with the communication and things like that, I think that that's another area where Jesse Bates is so important. Of course, we saw his his skills as a safety, his ball skills, and being able to just read and come up and make big plays uh, on display last week. But I think that the other thing that he brings as the safety, the guy who's in the very back of the defense who sees the whole picture in front of him, he's just got that veteran ability to be able to communicate and, and put the team in the right position. Is this something the Falcons have not had since Keanu Neal? And maybe, maybe even the combination of Rico Allen and Keanu Neal. Well, when you have a combination of a secondary that's really good, and then you can get some pressure on the quarterback and force him to either throw early or move him out of the pocket and, and, and make him throw on the run, which is harder to do. It's hard enough to throw when you got you know big guys chasing after you with your feet set, but when you're running around doing that, that combination is deadly. And you know, defense wins championships. That's what they say all the time, and I think we're so much better than we were where we were last year at this point. Um, and the confidence level... That just exudes, again, I'm, I'm talking about an avalanche, but when I know that there's a guy behind me that's going to get some picks, my safety, now my cornerbacks are going, man, I want a piece of that too. I want to get some, and you, you start to ball hawk, and you realize when we start blitzing, we didn't blitz a whole lot in the first half. In the second quarter, we, or excuse me, second half, we started giving more pressure, and, and, and everyone feeds off that, and you know a ball's going to be coming your area. You're either going to deflect it, pass, knock down, or a pick. And, and I see that with the Falcons' defense uh, throughout the re- remainder of the season as long as everybody stays healthy. We will uh, swing around the NFL, check in on this NFL Sunday. We are broadcasting live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium at the Wade Ford Tailgate Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game as we count down to kickoff between the Green Bay Packers and the Atlanta Falcons live on your home with the Falcons, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Tailgate Show live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. John Frickie alongside former Falcon Harper LaBelle, our Falcons reporter and insider Joe Patrick. And you can be part of this as well. You just come down Northside Drive across from the Swanky Dank new uh, Hilton that's being built here. And, uh, you use Swanky us. twice now today. I know I have because Man. I'm a Swanky kind of guy. I, All I right. Uh, I'm looking around the NFL, by the way, around the NFL is brought to you by Orchard. Sell your home, get paid twice, find out more at orchard.com. All right, so the... Um, the NFL today, I, I look around the league here, and I think the first thing that comes to mind is uh, is Aaron Rodgers and what happened to him. I mean, Harper, it is so improbable that you couldn't – I mean, if it were a movie, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, oh, that wouldn't happen in real life. Come on. You wouldn't finally get the, the greatest quarterback you've had since the other Green Bay quarterback you had. I mean – and, and we, Or Joe Namath or, or something like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then, he, you know, four plays in, he's, you know, a career-ending injury kind of thing, you know. Pretty I mean, much, you know? yeah. And now you have to scramble 
Are you going to bring Matt Ryan in, or you're going to call Tom Brady? Do you think they made a call to Tom Brady's agent? I saw. I saw there was some news report that uh, Tom Brady's ownership stake has not gone final with the Raiders, so he would be eligible to then continue oh, to play. <laughs> but I don't think so. I, from what I heard, the reports I'm were that I'm not only the quarterback; I own the team. <laughs> play me, yeah, like Roger Dorn in Major Leagues. Like, oh my! Yeah. Well, uh, I'd yeah. love to go over to this Packers tent and say, you know, I heard that you guys were cheering when. You know, Packer Nation was cheering, ha, ha, ha. Well, I don't know how ha, ha, ha it is because if Aaron Rodgers had played 65% of the snaps for the New York Jets this year, the Packers would have gotten a number one pick. Now they will not get a number one pick. It cost you, Green Bay. That, that was not a good thing for you. Be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. First of all, the injury itself that split second where you see his foot is all bent backwards and you just know that there's some damage underneath the sock and in the shoe it's not the same as the joe theisman injury but for obvious reasons here's where robert sala and the rest of the team is going we're ready now our defense is good enough to where we can play with anybody yep. at any time and keep the keep the score low and offensively we needed this guy so I don't know what kind of moves they're going to make. If they have to, I think they're at $10 million above the cap. They've got some money to sign some people, but I just don't know who's available to step in within the next couple of weeks to fulfill that role of being the starter back, starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Oh, and what was so cruel kind of about that game for the Jets, and you know they won the game, and they showed just how good they are, how good that defense is, how kind of well-rounded the team is. If they can get that quarterback position solidified, and obviously it's the most important position in football, um, and that's what it's just like, oh, it's just going to be so tough to have to go back to If you own the New York Jets, if you're the Johnson family and you're telling your coach, okay, we'll do what we can to make it happen from a cap perspective, do you go get a quarterback that you said just don't blow it, just don't turn the ball over? I mean, that's my question to both of you guys. What type of position do you have to fulfill at quarterback to be able to get your team, which you think is about playoff ready, how, how do you make that happen? Well, it's it's so tough in the modern NFL because just to to, to learn a playbook, it's like having to learn a language, and so you're. I, I think the options are far more limited than people like to think. You know, you have you're probably going to want somebody who's familiar with Nathaniel Hackett's offense at some point down the line. Uh, we we saw the Falcons last year when they when they lost Marcus Mariota, they went to Logan Woodside, who was just a guy that was available for them that had played under Arthur Smith and just kind of knew something about his offense so that if he was having to be called upon, he could at least go out there and, and get the play called. So obviously you look at the talents of some of these guys that are out there, but I really don't think that that is the whole picture of what teams are looking at when they're looking at a quarterback. And from what the reports are with the Jets, the quarterbacks that they have been calling, they've been saying, Listen, you're going to come on and be the backup to Zach Wilson. I think the reason for that is probably because Zach Wilson has, you know, for as limited as he might be throwing the ball, he at least has an understanding of how to operationally get the team into the into the you know formation and, and just you know getting the plays run and executed. Um, but it's obviously just a, a tough position, no matter which way you slice it. The, the uh, Wade Ford Tailgate Show is brought to you by the W Sauce, the official sauce of the. Wait for tailgate, bigger, better, bolder, now even spicier. You can find the W Sauce online at wsauce.com. Today the Jets play at the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys, of course, fresh off that 41 nothing, just dumping on the other team in New York Ooh. last week. Um, uh, Eagles go to 2-0 and on Thursday night, so they are certainly the class of the NFC. We, we know this. Looking around, uh, the uh, I've got four games I want to kind of just uh, kind of start with the NFC South here, Harper. Uh, the Bucks host the Bears today. 
what is the end goal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now? I mean, when we talk about quarterbacks, see what Baker Mayfield did last week. Uh, you know, I mean, are they are they going to try and make a run at this thing? I, I really don't really know what, what kind of position that that franchise is in at the moment. Well, we, we got rid of TB12, and where do we go from here? And if they're, you know, 1-0 and then 2-4-2, right. and when they go into their bye week or you know wherever they are, I think they're they're playing with house money for the early part of the season because they've had some cap issues and they they've got a, a roster change and and a lot of things are going to happen there in Tampa. So if they keep it close with the leaders in the NFC South, I think that that's just gravy for them. You know, obviously they want to win the division and they're going to do everything they can with what they have right now today to make that happen. Every team does that, but usually. There's a point in a season where you go, you know what, my guys just aren't as good as those guys. And you have to forfeit the fact that it, this may not be our year. The Falcons have had to do that the last two years. They've won in spite of that, and 7-9 and nine isn't a great record. But you know what, we competed with everybody else with our hands tied behind our back. Now mm-hmm. Tampa's in that situation. Um, if I'm Chicago, you go 0-2, you're, you're not going to catch anybody in, in, in the north. Starting at zero and two, I don't believe it's a tough one for Tampa because I think it's one of those situations where the priorities or the desires of fans might diverge from those of the coaching staff, and maybe you could even throw in the front office there as well because you've got at least one, maybe two potential franchise quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class, which a lot of fans will be like, "Let's I'd tank for these guys." Five. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Um, but when. I keep going back to this interview that I, that Dukes and Bell did with Arthur Smith a couple weeks ago, where he was talking about the Falcons being in this position. Obviously, a lot, you know, the last couple of years, really, but he was talking about last year. And uh, this team was never going to tank in his eye; like he was never going to let that happen. He was would rather prioritize building winning habits and not giving an inch. And even though nobody expects anything of you, to just not bring any of that on board and go out there and feel like you are, you know, as good as you know. You can you can be a playoff team, and uh, you know with Todd Bowles at the at the helm at, 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 in Tampa Bay, I feel like that is the mentality that they're going to have, and we'll see how far Baker Mayfield can take them. But. You know, it's still a lot of people think uh, Harper is going to be between the Falcons and the Saints. Swampers today they go on the road, home opener for Bryce Young Saints at Panthers. How do you see this game kind of playing out here? I just hope if I'm a Panther fan that my quarterback wasn't messed up by what happened last week plays that he had made at Alabama where he throws right over the middle. Oops, that goes to that other guy wearing the black helmet. That wasn't good. Um, I think his demeanor will allow him to bounce back. And if he's able to dink and dunk like he did at the beginning of the game and then go deep a couple of times when you get healthy and all you have four of his receivers were questionable. So for him to just maintain a confidence level, otherwise they'll be 0-2. And they'll be looking at the rest of the NFC South and going, I don't know how much we're going to be able to catch up because the Saints, being at 2-0, and would be well ahead with the game in hand. Um, Derek Carr looked good last week, I have to admit. But uh, I- I'm still not sure their defense is what it needs to be in New Orleans. Yeah, I thought I actually thought Bryce Young was, was, was okay last year or last week for the Panthers. They asked him to do a lot. He was ultimately, at the end of the game, he was forced into a lot of volume. And he just really does not have many pass catchers around him that are able to make plays that you would hope a rookie quarterback would be able to rely on. There's just not really a playmaker where you can just kind of design something simple to, to get the ball in his hands. So that even adds so much more to Bryce Young's plate. Um, and, yeah, with the Saints, I thought that 
Um, it was a very solid win for them against against Tennessee. I'm still skeptical about the depth that they have on that team and how well they're going to be able to, you know, again, as, as we talked about, the Falcons kind of evolve as the season progresses. Um, but certainly it was a good way for them to start off the season and, uh, it, you know, creating a, kind of an interesting shape to the NFC South through, week, through one week. Wait for tailgate show live outside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Gentlemen, about 90 seconds on two more games. I don't know that it's an early changing of the guard. The Chiefs are still banged up, but they go on the road to face the Jaguars. Great game. And kind of a statement game for the for the Jaguars here. Yep. Chiefs go to 0-2 on the road. Yeah. I, I, how do you see that, Joe? A, a Chiefs team that really needs to get things going offensively, which we don't say too often, versus a Jaguars team that you know Trevor Lawrence is looking like he's, you know, Making another leap and really rising the echelons to being one of the you know one of the top quarterbacks in the league. So I think it's a very intriguing matchup, potentially a you know potential uh, playoff matchup that we could see later down the road. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that the playoff aspect of it. Not in week two. I'm not worried about that. But when you have two real marquee guys, faces or hair for the uh, for the <laughs> the ages, yeah. when you got Mahomes and Lawrence going against each other. And I'll put the onus on Kansas City. I think it's more of a must-win for them, mm-hmm. even though it's still early and and you know anything can happen in their division. Um, I, I'm definitely going to have my eyes on that game as well. Really surprising week one in the AFC North with the Steelers melting down at home. Yeah. That Steelers team that came in here and we said, "Oh wow," you know, and they just melted down at home. And then in Ohio, the Cleveland Browns running the Bengals and Joe Burrow literally off the yeah. field, yeah. and today the Browns go for 2-0 and in another statement as they go to their hated rivals in Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely fascinating kind of developments happening in that division. You know, we'll see how Deshaun, Deshaun Watson can, can develop, and yeah, can Joe Burrow bounce back? I think that's the biggest question out of that division coming into this week. And then you throw in just Cincinnati not doing well, and then they're at home against Baltimore. If they don't win this game and they're 0-2... Two in the division. You think the Boo Birds will come out in, yeah, in in, in Cincinnati? They're already at, saying, who day? Who day? <laughs> <laughs> they say that anyways. <laughs> got a little different uh, demeanor to it, but yeah. Uh, uh, was that more Browns being good or just Bengals being bad? I don't know because we haven't seen enough of Deshaun to know, hey, is he going to be everything that they're paying him to be? His salary is so incredibly high yeah. that I, I, I don't know how the expectations for him can't be equally as high. But but you know they're, they're, they're saying in Cleveland today, oh, we got this good Super Bowl. I mean, they're saying Super Bowl. <laughs> of course they are. They're Browns fans. <laughs> yeah. John Chuckery's been saying it for 100 years. Red right, 88. But uh, the fact that they they won the way that they did and looked good and and then they have to go to Pittsburgh and, and with Pittsburgh looking, it could be 2-0 and for the – for the Browns, and how long has it been since they've been 2-0? Yeah, we mentioned the Jets and Cowboys, uh, Joe, and if you're talking about somebody saying Super Bowl, oh, man, they, they could do no wrong in Dallas right now after what they did last week. No wrong. They think they are heads. And they're like, Eagles, we got this. <laughs> well, isn't this the story of just the Cowboys, right? It's like, you know, they – Nobody rides higher than the Cowboys when they're at their when they're at their best. They're feeling great. They're fans. You know they've got one of the biggest fan bases in the country. Um, but it all seems to come crashing down on them. Uh, yeah, in but due I time. I, but I think this goes back to the beginning of the conversation. The Jets are going to have a quarterback problem today. I, Zach Wilson today against that Cowboy defense. I'd be shocked. I was surprised That's... they beat the Bills. I'd be shocked if they went on the road and and, and beat the Cowboys. As a matter of fact, I would expect that the Cowboys are going to win oh, handily. I would too. I mean, I, 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 kidding aside, I do think that the Cowboys look like one of the, the three best teams in the NFC. I mean, I think it's clearly the Niners, 
the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Those are the three teams that are above everybody else, um, and they're going to be probably one of those three is going to be in the Super Bowl, I would have to guess. Uh, and I think it, it comes down to that defense. It, that's the big difference maker. It's like there's been so much pressure on Dak Prescott to be this kind of all-everything quarterback. I think that he has a lot of that pressure taken off of him because of how dominant that defense looks with Micah Parsons and all the playmakers they've got there. I'm going to flip it around with you just for a second. Sure. The Jets' defense, as good as they yeah. say that they yeah. are, and as important as they need to to be for Jets fans, even though everybody gasped when Aaron went down, their defense is good enough, and I don't know if Dak is ready for that yeah. one today. We'll I mean, find out. They, and if that offensive line, which is one of the best in all of football with the with the Dallas Cowboys, can protect him, then, yes, uh, they will definitely – that will be a statement for me that I will say, yeah, maybe the Cowboys are back and this is their time. I mean, you're totally right. I mean, the Jets made Josh Allen look completely pedestrian. Right, They're right, even, right. even worse than pedestrian maybe. So It is the uh, Wayford Tailgate Show. Boy, it's wafting over here between brats. It's like a brats burger barbecue challenge. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's some smoke. Yes. <laughs> smoke inhalation. Uh, smells great. In the best possible <laughs> way. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, as we broadcast live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium, ahead of the Packers and Falcons, live on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.